Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another Money Show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Correo and J.R. Rochford with a special guest today, Sandy Rochford. She's going to be filling in for, uh, you know, everything that we lack in this show. And we are all taking a break from the office from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford and Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family office right here in the greater Phoenix area. Uh we're here to bring you information you may not see on those other financial shows. We're aware the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. So what do we got on the docket today? I mean, we're coming off of a really great presentation that you had on Monday. I'm sure you've got lots of uh, good news for us today, like you do every week, huh, JR? Is that sarcasm, Anthony? Is that where we're starting today? A little today? bit, yeah. So, yeah, Monday was wonderful. Thank you much, Cindy, for having us, Annette. We've, we're making friends, and that, that was fun. Um, you know, we meet new people wherever we go, and our whole goal in life at this point, in the office, we want to help people, one person, one couple, one family at a time. But in general, we're sounding alarms. I mean, the reason we did that presentation, the reason we do this radio show, we are not doing this for sales we are in sales. I mean, believe me, we would like to become your advisor, you know, but the reason we're doing the show is to sound alarms. We want to wake people up. And we had a room full of people that they they seemed engaged and interested. So, you know, and the, you know, when you say the good news that I share, it's funny because I tell people over and over, I'm not an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. I am a realist. And right now, I mean, I'm just, I'm short-term extremely pessimistic. Long-term, I have to be optimistic because of you, because of Nick, because of Jay, because of Sandy. I mean, I'm the one that's in poor health and strokes out every week, but you guys are healthy. You know, and, and by the way, with Sandy here today, I will have to be on my best behavior. And so will you, because- I know, I'm I, after, Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm not well, within distance, you are. That is true, but I know how this works. If you say something dumb, I will get struck for it. So this is going to be yeah. my favorite episode then. <laughs> and we will get to Sandy. We have a few questions for Sandy, so we will get to her. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I'd like to start out with my favorite weekly game. What's JR upset about this week? So and, you know, as usual, I'm upset about everything. So Monday night was funny because we the, the whole room, you know, a, a lot of the people, they haven't heard what I have to say before. You guys have. If you've been listening to this show any length of time, you've heard this stuff. You were with us when we had a toilet paper shortage to discuss. We, you know, we talked about diesel exhaust fluid, baby formula. You know, we've talked about fires and planes going into food plants. You've heard all this stuff. And it's like, so what? The stock market's still raging. Although I'm noticing this week, by the way, today is the 16th of August as we record. So we're having a little bit, little bit of trouble. The Teflon Dow is struggling this week. But, you know, so what? It'll be back up tomorrow. All of the stuff going on. 
and yet our 401ks are up. Our gas prices are still not too out of hand. Do you remember about three weeks ago, I said that I'm watching gas prices? You know, here they go. They've been up 20 cents in the Phoenix area over the last week. I'm not sure if I can explain that because the barrels of oil are hovering at $80. I haven't heard OPEC come out and say anything, you know, exciting. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. But, and and by the way, I think, I think that is going to get worse. Sorry. So keep your tank full. The same reason for uh, why everything happens because screw you. That's why. Hey, hey, your language. Andy, don't hit me. He said it. So in the office, I mean, I don't want to throw you under the bus, Anthony, but I've heard him say a, wor- a worse word. So I'm not going to say what that is. So anyway. So- all, that's what it comes down to. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no logic. It's whatever screws over the, you know, the common man. Well, and you sound like me for a second. I am always harping on the fact that the rich get richer, the poor hover, and the middle class is shrinking. And it's getting worse. You know, today, because of Sandy being here, I went through the same amount of articles I usually do, but I only printed off two. I thought I wanted most of this time to talk in generalities today. I wanted to talk to Sandy today. I didn't want to get into the articles. And I, and I know you're going to miss it because you love when I read, but today it's not going to be a big article day. A, a couple generalizations when you say that, that the common person, you know, I won't say screwed because I'm not crude like you, but they get hosed or whatever. Fleeced. I like the word fleeced. I don't know what it means, but I like the good one. So fleeced. That's our new buzzword around the office. So, you know, the big picture of gas prices affecting the common person, you know, how I look at this, and I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, the American dream is dead. I mean, I I look at the housing market, which obviously in Maricopa County, we still have such a a small amount of houses on MLS that of course the value is going to stay up. So these values of the homes, I don't know, a lot of them, they're probably 20, 30, 40% overvalued, you know, for what you're actually getting. Well, so young families, you know, if you're in your 20s and you want to have kids and you're just starting out, how in the heck, I almost said a bad word there, how in the heck are you going to afford a house for $350,000, dollars $500,000? And then you add the fact that the interest rates to buy that house are 7%, 7.5%. It, it's just... The, that's crushing the American dream. You know, I, I've always said if your 401k is steady or going up and your gas prices are steady or going down, you don't think about it. You don't care why. You don't ask why. You're just, you're okay. We're very complacent. And right now, I have a feeling we're on the verge of your 401k going down. By the way, if you have an old 401k, sit with us. We have ideas for you on whether or not you should keep it there, cash it out move it to your new employer or turn it into an IRA. We can help you figure those things out. Just don't ignore it. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, it's free. No, it's not free. It works on a spread. You're still paying. It's actually quite expensive. You just don't see it. They're not billing you. But anyway, back to the dead American dream. So right now your gas prices are going up. There's cracks in your 401k. I have a feeling from now through the next, I don't know, month, two months, year, two years, there's going to be a lot of changes. You know, we've been harping since we've had this show about Executive Order 14067, FedNow, CBDC, Unicoin. We've got all the stuff we brought you. We've been talking about ESG, We all the stuff we bring you. It's all lined up to start affecting us. So when I say the American dream's dead, I, I'm just talking about the middle class. If you have millions of dollars, and when I was new in the industry, if you had $1 million dollars, you had a paid off home, no no credit card debt, vehicles paid off. If you had a million dollars, this is just a quarter of a century ago, 
25 years ago. You you won the game. You were home free. You didn't have to worry about retirement. You get to 62 or 67 and 11 months or 70 and you get your social security. That's great. You have extra income. But the granddaddy was you get to 65 and you have Medicare. Medicare is the home run. And then you're okay. And then fast forward about, I don't know, seven or eight years after that, the, the company that did the big studies every year was Fidelity. And Fidelity changed it from 1 million that you need to have aside to 2 million. And I thought, well, that's odd because a few years have gone by. Wouldn't it be 1.2 million or 1.6 million? No, it jumped to two. It doubled. And now you really can't find those studies anymore. So the, the little bit that I've read, you know, opinion pieces of some of the billionaires, easy for them to say, now it's like 5 million. Who do we know, Anthony, that has $5 million or over? We don't not know a lot. No, not a ton. I mean, you. you. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there because I literally just saw an article from last week from Bloomberg that says 1.8 million is the number now. 1.8 million. Oh, I like yeah. that. So it's gone down. Well, I know why. The thing is, all of those, again, how many people, I mean, we manage money in retirement for a few hundred people. We have not one that I know of over that five million mark, but we've got a lot of people that are comfortably retired. So I don't agree with any of those numbers at all. I think they're dumb. I definitely don't think you need 1.8 million to retire. I don't know. And I mean, I do. I mean, I need the five million. And, you know, the whole thing, everything's so changing I'm not sure why they ever put a number on it. And that 1.8, that's really good because when I read 2 million years ago, I was like, well, that makes sense. I mean, if if you retire at 65 and you're going to pass away at 85 or 95 or 100, you know, I mean, healthcare, it's, it's going to rise. You know, we have such a changing world right now. I would lean you more t- towards wanting 5 million. I'll tell you why. We still have to fix Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. We have to fix so many things. We've got $32 trillion in debt. So, and, and I know- You need to tell everybody listening to don't bother retiring unless you have $5 million? No. And you know, I'm also, you, you when you were mini-me, I don't know, six months ago, you were telling us how if Russia attacks us, we're all going to get nuked and die anyway, so it doesn't matter. And you also were the one that pointed out after COVID, the lifespan, you know, we're actually starting to die younger again. I still think it's more diabetes and yeah, it's life. good news, right? You don't need you need less money in retirement if you're going to die sooner. So congratulations, everybody. You That's won. really good news. That is really good news. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we do for financial planning? We make sure you have a plan on when you're going to die. Actually, and I shouldn't make jokes about that. There's a book called The Final Exit, and it's this book is scary. My sister had it going back a long time ago, and I read this book. I was like, holy cow. It was a book on assisted suicide, but I mean, you don't have to be assisted. If you buy this book, it had lethal dosage charts. So yeah, no, that was scary. Fun thing anyway, reading. Yeah, no, it was good. So we there were no a book club on this show. Is that next? <laughs> you won't read this. There's no fiction this week in our book club. <laughs> so anyway, back to the dead American dream. So inflation. Okay, we all know that inflation, they were telling us a year ago is 9%. You know, that was the no inflation, then transitory inflation, then, you know, it's temporary and it's going to go away. Well, it looks like it's here to stay. So now it's only like, what, three or four. And and I think about that. I think about that every week because I'm like, so, you know, when it was 9%, that's really bad. What I need from 9% is to go down like negative 4%. Get me back on track to where we were a few years ago. That's not what's happening. 
it's down to three or four percent. That means it's still going up. And what's interesting, do you realize, well, you probably do, but I'm hoping somebody listening didn't know this. They talk about inflation and they use the term core. And what core means, the numbers they're using exclude food and energy. You know, you (laughs) you may not have a kid in college. You may not be buying a Lexus this month. You know what you're probably doing? You're probably driving something and you're probably eating. So I don't think they should exclude energy and food. If anything, I think inflation should be based primarily on energy and food. Well, now all of a sudden, I'm hearing a new term. It's called super core. I'm like, oh, super core. It's a, you, you take the core inflation, you throw a cape on it, and then it's super core. So super core, now they're using an inflationary number, removing housing. So, so you know, now we're going to take out food, energy, and your rent or your mortgage payment. And that's where we're going to come up with 3 or 4%. What does this sound like? This sounds like the Dow Jones, where if it doesn't perform and doesn't give you the numbers you want, you take out a company and you put a new one in. If your inflation numbers are too high, you take out the highest part and then you add in something that's not raising and then congratulations, you fixed inflation. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and by the way, the Dow Jones, you know, I, I can't say it enough, 30 companies, 30 companies, you know, and yeah. When Luckily, I mean, nobody, you don't really have to care about the Dow Jones. The S&P 500 right there and that's 80% of the market. All right, then stop there for a second. Didn't we realize a few months ago that only seven companies are making up like 80% of the returns and the profits right now on the S&P 500? Am, am I right there? Was yeah, because it's, uh, it's not a weighted category. So that means seven or eight companies just kind of control everything. They have all the yeah. cash flow, all the revenue, everything. And you I mean, it's that still means- more accurate, but that's that's fine. We're going to give in to our four company overlords. Um, you got Amazon and Google and Walmart and... They'll work with the Fed and they'll control our groceries and our spending. And, you know, we'll throw Chase Bank in the mix since everything seems to run through them financially in this country now, too. So there we go. Those are our stock picks. <laughs> I don't want to jump to the banks right away because, you know, we have to cover that. But I'm sure you heard this week Chase Bank and BlackRock. By the way, if you haven't heard of BlackRock, Blackstone and Vanguard, do some research. If you want to see your kids and grandkids' future, who's going to own their homes? So anyway, so J.P. Morgan Chase, your buddy Jamie, and BlackRock, they are going to be in charge of the rebuilding banks in the Ukraine. You heard that, right? Or I mean, yeah, what a small world. Remember Afghanistan or Iran or Iraq or one of those other places or Chicago or one of those dangerous places? Remember when they had Blackwater? Remember we realized that the, the Cheney family, oh wait, Try not to make it political. Remember when we realized that the uh, the haves put in all their friends to be security forces and so forth? Now we're going to put all of America's friends in the banking system in Ukraine, where I where good have friends. Friend. It is good difference. It's good to have friends in high places. Jamie Diamond, I know you're listening. We're not talking. I'm going to get low cases. <laughs> yes, you do. So I and I'm not slamming it. You know, it's good work if you can get it. You know, it's like, why do we hate the evil rich? Because we're not one of them. You know, I had a neighbor I used to talk to, and she was like, it's so wrong. You know, this generational wealth transfer. If you're in the Walton family, you won the birth lottery. I'm like, you know why you're talking so much crap about it? Because you're not a Walton. Like, if you were one of them, you would see it very differently. 
you would try to hang on to your wealth and not complain about it. But that's here now. There, I, to um to some extent, I disagree because you have you that choice. Like you have that choice, right? We we tried to buy that restaurant before you know COVID shut everything down. And what did I talk to you about? I talked to you about how do we convert it to be a joint ownership with the employees to give them some stake in the game. So. I mean, obviously nothing came through, but I was brainstorming ideas and how do we make this profitable for everybody. Right and now you. I'm throwing those independent track days because I feel like it gets kind of exhausting using trying to, you know, use all the big names to get out on a racetrack. But I'm splitting the costs. I'm losing money most of these, but I'm giving everybody a shot to just get out there. Like you can do both. You can make that choice to, all right, I can do something positive for myself and help other people succeed without screwing other people. Stop you right there. do it. Stop. You are one in a thousand of people that are generating any kind of income that are trying to share, that are trying to help. That are you. I remember when we talked about the media a few months ago, and you said, we are the media now. We, we don't know who's listening, but it could be a lot of people hearing this. And you're like, the media is corrupt. You know, they're agenda driven. I want to be better than that. I remember you saying that. I was like, that is really cool. It, it makes you a weirdo and a freak. I mean, you're not normal. <laughs> you want your agenda. I'd be one of those. I, I No, I mean, you are different. If you bought a restaurant and you have the employees that work for you that, you know, had longevity, becoming part of the ownership, that's amazing. But you, the world we live in, you, that's unusual. I, I don't see that often. And when well, it I agree, it's unusual, but I'm saying there's a choice. People have the choice. Like you could be a Walton and help people. But I feel like a lot of these large corporations, they throw money at charities and stuff, which, of course, a lot of that gets eaten up by the administration and doesn't go to people. But it, I don't feel like it really solves any problems. Like, if you're the Waltons, pay your employees. Problem solved. Are you stumping? Is this a campaign speech? Do I have more of a choice than Biden, Newsom, or JFK? Or- oh, I'm close. I'm only two years away from running for president now. I am so excited. You know why? Because <laughs> I'm going to be the big guy and I'm going to get 10% or whatever you make. I can't wait for you to be president. <laughs> Actually, you know what we need in this country? We don't need the two-party system anymore. We don't need the right and the left, the conservative and the liberal, the progressive. You know what we need? We need people that give a hoot about the future for our kids and grandkids. So I like am going to put on about Bernie. Bernie, he's still sitting there with his mittens on, his little chair. You know what Bernie is doing? Bernie is still working on Medicare for all. So you know why that 1.8 number you read was baloney? You know why it's closer on the 5 million? Because if we get Medicare for all, you're going to watch the middle class evaporate. They, they're saying to sustain Wait, that. We have Medicare for all right now if you're over 65. And no, we have Medicare for all right now. Retirement? Hang on. Hang on. First of all, you pay copays. <laughs> You have to you have to take your Medicare payment out of your Social Security. Medicare for all is a different animal. We have Medicare right now. We don't have Medicare for all. We have Medicare for all, and I'm going to be very careful how I say this. Jim, please don't block this out. Do not censor me. We have Medicare for all if you don't have a Social Security number. Is that a polite way to say where you know where I'm going with this? If you did not pay into the system, but you are showing up at a hospital without a Social Security number, without an insurance card, they cannot refuse treatment to you. They, they don't go after you. They don't garnish your wages. You're not going to be part of the, the number one reason people file bankruptcy is medical. So yeah, I'm being careful how I phrase that. 
We have Medicare for all. Can't afford Medicare for all except for anybody in the middle class who needs it. What you just said is absolutely. I'm saying that, and I'll say it again. You, the the rich are getting richer, the poor are hovering, and we are getting screwed. And you know what? The politicians like Bernie and his little dumbass mittens. You know what? You know what my heartburn is with that? Uh oh, Sandy's laughing. She hasn't struck me yet, even though I said a better word. You know what? The problem is with Bernie Sanders. You know what the problem is with politicians? I don't care what side of the aisle they're on. They're not in the same systems. They have their own pensions. They have their own health care. It's us versus them. And they work for us. And sooner or later, this country's going to start tipping and more people are going to get upset like me. I, I don't know if it was last week or the be- week before when I was talking about how, you know, your mom used to say, why do you get yourself worked up? There's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, because you are part of the problem. I'm like, there is nothing I can do about it now. I'm going to get struck. But if a million of us that couldn't do anything about it ever got together and we said enough is enough, we could make changes. And you know what kind of changes I want to see? My changes where we get mad and we throw them all out. We, we flush the toilet. That's my favorite phrase. You get new politicians in there. What if they're worse? We flush the toilet and get new ones until the toilet's clean so my dark can drink out of it. That's my favorite thing to say, by the way. So you know what I want? You. I want people that actually want to help people get ahead. You know, Andrew Yang with the universal basic income. You know what made me happy? People need help. You know what made me unhappy? We are broke. We have $32 trillion in debt. And sooner or later, that's going to tip. It's going to be problematic. That's just on the books. Make sure you make your way to usdebtclock.org and watch that little fan spinning around. We also have underfunded and unfunded liabilities that are in the hundreds of trillions. So you, you want to scare yourself for the future of your kids and grandkids? Look up underfunded and unfunded liabilities. And then if you don't get enough there, move over to derivatives. Try to start wrapping your mind around derivatives. And then we'll bring you back here. So back to inflation, back to the death of the American dream. Boy, you got me off track on that one, Anthony. Or was it your mother and her secret vibes next to me? So back to inflation. Are you watching what's going on with PNC, property and casualty insurance? They are raising rates. When you get your home and auto insurance renewal, Look closely at your bill. They are raising rates across this country dramatically. Now I'm hearing that a bunch of companies, they won't even take you in certain states. I've heard Florida, California, if you live in a certain state, some of these companies are not taking you. What do you do? What if you move to Florida and you go to get insurance on your home and you can't get it? And all of a sudden it's like, and and how that ties to finances is because the companies that will take you, guess what they can do to you? They can raise your rates. So that scares me. Well, yeah, I got something uh, from Heather. Um, my insurance broker uh, sent me something about glass that they're starting to crack down on glass um, repairs, and starting to say that if you take out enough of those, those could start counting against you. I think this one was directed geared towards me since I lost the rearview window on the way to Vegas a couple weeks ago, oh, months ago. That that makes perfect sense. And by the way, um, Heather, we're in Arizona. Oh, speaking of brokers, I need to gather all my declaration pages. We, we've got a friend named Steve, and I need to get over to him. So you and I are going to have different insurance brokers, and we'll compare and contrast. But I need to get over Steve. I've been saying it literally for, I don't know, two years, and I still haven't made my way over there. I like you guys have that stuff over to uh, the guy about a group plan for Cobra, placing uh, Cobra? You know, we're still on the radio, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, we're still, we got people listening. Like, what, what is he talking about, Cobras? Yeah, no, this is how we're trying to, because we are also trying to better our financial situations, too. <laughs> this is why we shop around insurance. This is why we talk, 
tell you guys to shop around insurance. Yeah, you know, we're we're giving advice here that we're taking ourselves. So nice. you're saying we're not hypocrites. Because you want, I mean, we want to talk about mom's retirement because that's kind of why we're here. I mean, that's part of the. Until you guys are both sixty-five, I mean, that's a huge issue for you. You're an well, independent I, agent. I do, but I have questions for her. So, and I know we've got to be getting close to the break, Jim. If you'll let us know when we have about yeah, a minute, minute. Well, just read the chat. It's right there. I want to talk to your mom after the break. I don't want to bring her in yet because I still think that once people hear your mom talk, it's going to replace me. I think starting as soon as next week, it's going to be Sandy and Anthony on another money show. And I'm excited about that because I'm tired. So, but let's do this before we get in the break. I do want to talk about one article. You know, I said, I've only got two articles. The, the one that you and I and Michael C talked about us federal reserve issues, stable coin warning to banks. So, and Anthony, I know you had thoughts on that there's banks, we, we had somebody Monday night that brought up a bank in Texas where you put your money in the bank and the bank is going to, they're going to back your fiat currency with gold. Well, some of these banks, uh, PayPal is a big company that the government's watching. They are saying that they're going to back your currency with stable coins and the government is interceding right away saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. You need permission from Big Brother. Anthony, you know what I'm talking about? The article I'm talking about? Yeah, so the guy brought up because he was. We were asked. We we're talking about gold backs. We were talking about the dangers of the banks, and your, you know, your opinion was it, a bank is a bank. You know, there, there's going to be issues regardless. Um, but he was saying that there were states that were trying to come up with their own currency, but actually have gold backing to it. Not, not a gold back, but actual. They hold physical gold, so if they're releasing a currency, there's that one to one ratio kind of thing. But what it ended up being was a digital currency, a stable coin, if you will, which a lot of people have tried, but supposedly some of these states are doing it themselves. Um, PayPal, uh, like we you just mentioned, it sounds like they're trying to do something similar too. Um, but we are out of time for right now, so we're going to have to carry this on um, afterwards. Uh, so in the meantime, if, if you want to check out another money show, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Reach out to us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. You can find us on the web at Another Money Show. You can schedule appointments right from the site. You can talk to us. But when we come back, we are going to spend more time talking about stable coins, currencies, and we're even going to talk to our new office manager, uh, my mother, a retired teacher, on what that process is like to get out of the ASRS system. So we will be right back, and we hope that you are too. You're listening to Another Money Show. At Rochford and Associates, we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path, and the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals. We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to insure and protect your assets with a smart plan. Our team can help you make the most of your hard-earned savings using strategies that are right for you. I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans. 
schedule your no-obligation consultation today by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford & Associates, veteran-owned and proud to serve Americans like you. You're listening to Another Money Show. No, that's the name of the show. Another Money Show. And now, another money-making round with JR and Anthony. Welcome back to another Money Show. Thank you so much for being with us. We so much appreciate you making our program a part of your weekend. If you've missed any part of today's show, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, check out our YouTube page. We've got it back up and running. YouTube got, <laughs> YouTube got, yeah, they got us, YouTube.com. Another money show. We need you to like, share, subscribe. You know the drill. So thank you again for being with us. Let's get right back into it. I do want to finish up things on the the U.S. Federal Reserve issues stablecoin article. So the U.S. Federal Reserve, the central bank of the United States, and the country's chief banking sector regulator has issued a government warning on any state banks dealing with digital assets or digital tokens. Fast forward on this article here. Why are you for- reading it? We were just having a discussion on this. Um, because some of this is stuff that we missed. I mean, I there there's a point I'm making with this. And why do you stop me from reading? Why don't you just let me get through and then yell at me? So as well as asking for permission from the Fed, like that, that to me is really important. We're supposedly not China or Russia. Why do these banks, they, they already have to be regulated. Why do they have to have permission to be more stable? I mean, I, I think there's a real sweet and irony it's not here. not permission to be more stable. They're trying to release their own currency. Which in, in an effort of surviving and being more stable, that's my point. And, and it's just the irony of this. The Fed, how do they handle their money? So do they handle their money professionally? That 32 trillion no, debt? of course not. So then why do the people that are trying to do the right things have to grovel and ask for permission from Mama Fed to do things to make us safe? If a bank wants to be gold back and we can verify and vet the fact that they have the gold, why shouldn't we let them? I mean, so you think we need to have 50 different currencies again in this state like we used to? I mean, well, well, why would this Fed created? The Fed was we- created because we had so many different currencies. And if you traveled the country, you couldn't exchange in other places. So they centralized it under one. So I'm not saying it's a great, you know, um, obviously it's not working out the best, but I think you're missing the point in all of this is them just saying like they're cracking down. We said this before is that they were going to let anybody kind of do whatever they wanted with cryptocurrencies until they released their own central bank digital currency. I think this is saying that we're one step closer, right? Fed now just came out. So we're getting steps closer. This is the beginning of this crackdown. But, See, and yeah, I think I mean, the Fed, the, the government can't manage the post office. They can't manage health care. They can't manage our money. I, so I think want, anything. The government's not managed incorrectly instead of- I that. am fine with that. The Constitution says the states are in charge. The federal government is not in charge. It's unconstitutional to have the Fed doing what they're doing. The Bureau of Land Management is unconstitutional. There's a whole bunch of stuff. If you look at our Constitution, our amendments, our Bill of Rights, absolutely, I want the states. If I live in Arizona and a state in and a bank in Arizona says they want to use a stable coin and they're going to make me more safe and I can verify it and, and they can prove it, absolutely. You're the one that said months ago, 40% of our fiat currency has been produced since 2020. 
I'm telling you the erosion of the buying power of the dollar is like 93% since we got- So you support digital currency now. That's Amen, what I do. As long as it's something that I can see and feel, the bank out of Texas- it's not though, it's a digital currency. They're going to put that in the background, but it's not, it's still digital currency. I don't, we, and I know we're talking about that. everything. I don't care if it's the pet rock or the beanie baby. I want a way- from the federal oversight on my money, my home, everything. So, and I you know from one overload to another. You're saying I don't want a federal digital currency, but I'll allow a state digital currency. So you accept digital currencies as long as it's not through the federal government. Then what's um, I, I, the I, I may, point? I may. Ethereum, why not use any of those? Um, actually, I think we, you know, that's an interesting update. What is it? Isn't it uh, XRT that the government is working with? And and we've seen a few articles saying that, you know, the new central bank digital currency, at least in this country, is going to be tied up to XRT. No, I've seen a lot of people say that. I can't imagine it's going to because it's its own private. You think the government's just going to adapt a private tier. Now they'll use some of that technology. They'll use, you know, just like anybody else. Um, they'll hire people from them to run their. You know, I guess their job posting was on Indeed. So maybe Indeed, they're yeah, they're hiring an architect. So I don't know how you to run a digital currency. But of course they'll adapt some things. But I don't think if you have a Ripple coin now, which I think I do. I think I got one as a gift from Blaze. So thanks, Blaze, because uh, he was the one trying to say that this could be the next. U.S. currency, um, but I don't think they're going to take mine and honor it once they release their own. I don't. I don't think that'll be the case. They could use technology. They could use some of the same people. But I don't think if I have one Ripple, whatever, it'll be one U.S. dollar digital. Well, US. so welcome to my world. Let's get the Fed since they they won't cooperate. Get them out of the picture. Let's get each state to start managing their own state. You know, I mean, I still think the end game for everything going on in this country. And I know this is extreme. I still think there's going to be ramped up violence. I think we're going to go into civil war. I think we're going to wind up separating the the media, the government. Everybody has pushed us to get you know against each other. Gay versus straight, black versus white, haves versus have-nots, you know, red versus blue. I I don't think we can ever get back to and I'm using air quotes normal in this country. I realize we were never Mayberry. We we're never the Brady Bunch. But you know what? It's it's on steroids getting worse and worse. So I think that we're going to have a civil war and we are going to get the federal people out of our lives and it's going to go back to states and the states that have the right to take so care of their the EU. Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, in the EU, that's been an interesting experiment. I mean, that's they're having their own problems. You know, we we are in a global situation. You know, when when the global debt tips, you know, everybody says that we're in such great shape. You know, the what Fitch or Moody's or somebody came out and downgraded the country. They downgraded the entire country. You know, oh my gosh. Oh, and the banks. I mean, I'm guessing you heard earlier this week, and today's only Wednesday, earlier this week, Moody's came out and downgraded more banks. <laughs> you know, I mean, so- That was another 10. I saw the article, but I was like, didn't we just talk about them downgrading 10 plus banks? Yeah, yeah. And now they're downgrading more banks and they're also naming more banks. And they're also saying that the banking system needs to be downgraded. You know, they went from AAA- they, they're they're down to, I don't know what it is. You know, I was hearing about it yesterday, like A, A minus, I think. Maybe it's A plus, whatever it is. It's like six tiers down. You know, in school, you learn in school, A, B, C, D, F, whatever it is. And with the banks and with the country and with everything that's rated, insurance companies and so forth, it's A plus, 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 A plus, plus, A plus, A, A minus, minus, minus. I mean, it's, it's so, it's meant for us not to understand it. 
and good job. Because if you're looking up something and you're like, oh, it's A plus rated. Well, it's A plus rated, but it, it's it's not the highest tier. Well, these you are the down- rating agencies that rated all of those subprime loans, you know, when they combined them into those collateral debt obligations as A plus securities, even though they were that trash. Trash. How did that go? How did the, how did the biggest downturn in the stock market and the housing market since the Great Depression go for people? We actually, you know, my friend Dominic, we, we actually know people that lost their house in that time frame. It was not good. Mark, we had a friend named Mark that owned a burger shop. Mark lost a home. I mean, we, we saw people go through some problems at that time. And by the way, I, you know, the, the banks, we have to have a minute with the banks before we get to your mom. But, you know, this, this article that I just uh, got on the 15th, so yesterday, Moody's downgrades 10 banks. So, and, and I don't know if this is 10 new ones. Let me read them because I like to throw people under the bus. Commerce Bank Shares. BOK Financial, Old National Bank Corp, M&T Bank, Webster Financial, Fulton Financial, Pinnacle Financial, Associated Bank Corp, Amarillo National Bank Corp, and Prosperity Bank Shares. I haven't heard of any of these. Let me, let me these tell sound you. like the same names you read off last week. Maybe it is. Maybe M&T, because M&T you know, holds my mortgage. I think you said they hold yours. You have a mortgage? I thought you were very wealthy. I don't have a million to retire. Oh boy. You need five. You need five million. Stop reading people's opinion. So let me tell you something about banks. Um, First of all, we've been telling people for years and years, pay down debt, buy hard assets, use insurance companies for your pension and long-term money. We've also been saying to people more recently, put some cash at home in case there's a solar flare, EMP, uh, CBDC starts coming in and you need something you get right away. What if there's a bail-in? You know, I, I talk to people, make sure you're familiarize yourself with the term bail-in. A bail-in is the opposite of a bail-out. They're going to bail in our money in the banks. Mark Cuban's going to be okay. The the very wealthy are going to be okay. The poor don't have much money in the bank. They're going to be okay. Once again, it's a full frontal attack on the middle class. So let me talk about bail-ins. On Monday night, it was brought up, you know, how should you do your banking? Let me give you two thoughts. The first thought, if you have $50,000 in a bank, or a credit union makes no difference to me. They're all in trouble with mortgage-backed securities and so forth. So you have 50 grand in a bank. Instead of doing that, and I realize it's a hassle factor with statements and with more to track, have five banks with 10,000 each. Hear me out. I realize the hassle. So $50,000, if you feel nervous and you think it's time to grab your money, good luck. They might give you five grand. If you want more than that, they're gonna ask a lot of questions. They're gonna say they have to order their money they're going to have to make you make an appointment. But if you have 10 banks, I'm sorry, five banks with 10,000, at least you can get 5,000 from each. You just got half your money out a lot easier. Another thought for you. I would only have three banks. I would have 10,000 at three banks and then take the other 20,000 and get it out of the banks and close your safe deposit box. By the way, I keep telling you, close it. You got to close it before they do the bail-in. When the bail-in gets here, people are like, well, so I should not be with a regional bank or a small mom and pop or a neighborhood bank. What Do you think it matters? Or if I go to Wells, B of A, or Chase, they're too big to fail. So they'll be here during the bail and my money will be safe at Chase. If one bank closes their door, every single bank, including Wells, B of A, and Chase, are likely to close their doors. Because- well, we had 10 banks or you know four banks close their doors, right? Right. March, April. So right. these other banks are still open. 
Right. I'm talking about a bailout, Anthony. I'm not talking about this little bit that's going on. There is an ongoing run on the banks. The problems that we heard about because they they were a little hard to contain. You know, when you lose all this money for all these startups and millionaires, it was a little hard to contain. People are still pulling their money out of the bank. There is a run on the banks. Within a month or a year or two years, if it continues and gets worse, the government's going to come in and crack down and say, you can't take your money out. And if it gets bad enough, they're going to close the doors just like they did in Cyprus, Greece, Venezuela, places around the world have experienced this. We have not because we are fat, lazy, instant gratification. We're asleep. But you know what? That all makes us ripe for change. I'm saying if we have a Greece style bailout, that's when I think every single financial institution is going to close their doors. So prepare accordingly, have some cash, have some insurance company money. You know, I mean, I look at CDs right now. These CDs, you know, you can get a, a five and a quarter percent return on a one year CD. Don't you ask yourself why? I mean, why are they giving that kind of money? Yes, the government has been raising interest rates. The prime has gone up. I get that. But I can tell you something. They are bleeding. People are pulling their money fast. These banks are giving high rates to get you back, to try to keep you from leaving. And it's working like a charm. We're meeting people that have these CDs getting 5%. I'm like, you're still in the bank. Go on FDIC.gov. Look around a little bit and look for something called DIF, the Depositor Insurance Fund. And you're going to see they have roughly 1.1% coverage on your money. So act accordingly. But with the banks, I can keep going for the rest of that hour. Don't. Don't. You said we're going to talk to mom. I know, and that's and where you're going to push it to the end of the show to be a teaser. This way, you can have a radio show. If you want to say something, you have to say it the very first thing. Otherwise, we'll never get to it. All right. So, like I said, starting next week, you're going to have Sandy and Anthony, so he can be mean to his mom and not his stepfather. Where's never be mean to my mother. And I'm going to stop listening to the show right now. I listen every Saturday. Believe it or not, I listen to a bunch of different radio shows on Saturdays. Yours is one of them, and and one of the hosts is really good. I like to hear him. Anyway, so. Let's switch gears and talk to your mom. So Sandy and I have been married for how long? Like too long. Almost 20 years. We've been married for almost 20 years. It only feels like 15 minutes though. Underwater. Oh boy, that was staged. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, we, we worked on our routine for the radio show and now your mom's being quiet and shy. You know, you're on the, you're on the radio. You're not on the TV. You can, you, don't worry about how you look. You can talk loud. So your mom is probably, next to you, of course, Anthony, your mom is probably the sweetest person I have ever met in my life. I was always, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm very hyper, very selfish, very materialistic. I always put myself in front of other people. And as I got older, I tried to stop gravitating towards women that were like me. And I wanted to meet somebody nice. And there she is. Your mom came by. And so your mom has, we, we offset each other. Like I am still a little bit cynical your mom gives everybody a chance until proven otherwise on the other way. So we we kind of offset each other. I am very, very into research. It kind of drives your mom nuts. I mean, when I bought my car, I, I'm not kidding. It took me a year. I mean, I'm on internet sales. I'm on, you know, what is that Fox thing? I, I'm looking at everything, Car Fox. I did so much research and then I finally felt like I could get the best deal by the way, I went through AAA auto buying. You need to check that out if you're buying a car. They can probably help you. So, and they are not a paid sponsor. Yeah. The point is, <laughs> the, the point of this is, your mom is more normal than me. Your mom, if she wants something, she does a little bit of research and then she just pulls the trigger. I'm not that way. So your mom retired in May 
after 26 years of being a teacher. And it's funny because being married to me for 20 of those years, I've been gearing up for her retirement, uh, you know, obviously because it's a community property state and I want half that, that income. But anyway, so I've been talking to her about her options for retirement. She had no idea there were options. You put in your 25, whatever years, you get to 55 years of age. They have a point system. You have to get to 80 points between your date of birth and your, your uh, years of service, and then you retire. So all these teachers, they're in this big group plan, this Arizona State Retirement System. They also have city workers like the city of Glendale, if you're a landscaper or whatever. So they don't know that they have options. And even as I was saying over the years that when you get close to retirement, we have to talk. You know, Sandy never understood any of that. You do you understand it more though, right? Oh, now? yeah. Now I do. So, and give me a little idea. I mean, when you're a teacher, do teachers talk about having options? What What do they, or do they just not have time to talk about retirement at all? No, when it gets, cl- when it gets close to retirement, they do offer classes at the district and they tell you about the ASRS. Um, what they don't tell you, or maybe they do and I just didn't pay attention, is that they, if you want to take your money out as a lump sum, you can only take half of it. They won't let you take it all anymore. And by the way, that used to be different. You you did have an option. You could leave your money in the pension. A lot of people did that just so they could support health care. Or you could take it all out and get out of the system, you know, and do your own health care. Or you could do a partial lump sum. So what, what your mom is saying right now, Anthony, is, is that they're kind of, they don't want that money leaving. That's what I'm hearing from this, you know, so with, with, and with these teachers, it's like, you're all in this, in this bucket. If we, if it's harder and harder to get teachers and we're paying them less and the world has, you know, some 2008 type downturns, could that pension be cut by 20 or 30% years later, you know, 10 years now, could they say to a teacher, you're making $3,000 a month, but we can only give you 2000 a month. Yes, of course. So, but if you get out of that pension, you can do your own private pension. So, you know, and by the way, the teachers, the reason that they a lot of times just stay with the pension is that health care because they're retiring at 55 to 60. They, they need health insurance. If they don't want to go back to work, they need those health benefits. So, you know, you got to get to 65 to get your Medicare. The problem that nobody's really telling them, what if they raise the premiums on your health insurance every year or two? until it's eating into half your retirement. You know, when your mom retired, I was always on her insurance. When she retired, we went to our friend Caitlin and Caitlin showed us our three choices. We could do private pay through like Blue Cross or United Healthcare. We could go on the Affordable Care, you know, Act Exchange, or we could do COBRA. She put all three like in a spreadsheet. COBRA was the cheapest. So starting in May, we went on COBRA to buy us time to see what we're going to do until we get to 65. And then... Three months later, you know, I mean, it just happened to us a couple of weeks ago. They raised her insurance premium by a third. We're on COBRA for three months and they raised it by a third. And your COBRA payment is my mortgage payment. It's absolutely insane. It is. Is that, is, is the reason they raised my COBRA because the school district raised their health Every summer. Benefits, yeah. Yeah, every year we, oh, not every year. Every once in a while we get a raise as teachers, but then health insurance would always go up. So, Well, we had a, another client in the ASR, ASRS system who I think turned 65 last year. And she's like, oh my God, now my pension's double. 
Like she just made an insane amount of money because she stopped taking out the um, the healthcare costs when she could get to Medicare. Right, right. Which is, you know, that's now. You know, again, back to Medicare for all. If things start changing, if the healthcare keeps going up or goes up more, they're just going to hurt the teachers more. And my whole thing over the years, you know, when Sandy would introduce me to teacher friends, I, you know, one of them at a time, I would sit down and say, you have options. We need to show you. And, you know, Anthony, your whole focus in the office is on pension planning. So you sit with Anthony and he shows you this is your ASRS. This is your options there. And now this is your options on a private pension. The luxury of a private pension, there's a layer of defense. I mean, the safety net is they can't just come across and say, we're going to cut the pensions by 20%. You know, and we, we have we have clients that are firefighters and, and Phoenix PD. And there's people that say, well, our pensions are contractually guaranteed. You know, the taxpayers voted that they can't touch our pension. And I'm like, well, that's good. That gives you peace of mind. But in the future, if there's not enough money, they're going to have to take a new vote or worse yet, just say, we, you know, it is what it is. We either have money to pay your pension or we don't. And I remember years ago that you studied the pension guarantee fund and you realized that bad boy was way underfunded. And then through the magic of COVID, they just threw a whole bunch of money in there and now it's funded okay again, but COVID's over. You know, obviously we're going to have the, uh, the, <laughs> the leprosy coming up and malaria and the new COVID. What is it? Eris or something? There's a new COVID coming. So don't throw away all your masks yet, kids. So- Anthony, with pensions, you know, what what should teachers know? Will you explain what a private pension is? I didn't understand it when you first explained it to me. Well, it's essentially the exact same thing you've been paying into. Um, You just can fund it yourself. So, like, all, all pensions are annuities. Let's start with that. And anybody can buy an annuity. So... You either have ASRS and you're paying to this and they're agreeing to pay you an annuity for life in retirement. Or if you're like me and you had other jobs with 401ks, you can self-fund an annuity, which is essentially self-funding a pension on your own. So what JR was saying is, you know, these private companies, if you go to, you know, there's so many of them out there, North American, Midland, we've used Equitrust, um, Allianz, all these massive insurance companies, you know, you can say, I've got X amount of money. Um, I want to be paid for life. And then they give you a layout and prices and things like that. So the added security is you've got, you know, their protection because all these insurance companies are required to keep um, reserves, whereas the banks much, 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 much lower reserves. Plus you have their own state guarantee funds and all these other things backing it. So you have your protections, but it's your policy. It's not a group policy or a group plan like ASRS, where if they're making cuts, it's across the border. Social security. Social security is essentially annuity. We all know social security's broke. We've read from their annual reviews where they said they could cut costs, you know, twenty plus percent for those who either haven't taken it yet or for those that are already taking it. So you're taking yourself out of that system because you hold an individual contract with these companies um, when you self-fund a pension versus being a part of those group plans. Does that kind of make sense? It does. It does. Now, but you said that it pays for life. Well, let's just say 
I had $50,000 and I put it into a private pension, an annuity. What happens when I, let's say I lived 103? I've lost, I've taken out all that $50,000. Where does the rest of that money come from? Uh, well, uh, yeah, they continue to pay, right? That's okay. the contract because technically annuities um, aren't investments. You know, it's a phrasing thing, but it, it is a contract. And in this contract, they have agreed to pay you for life. Um, where that comes from, I mean, these companies are really good at making money. If you gave them 50000 and they're going to spread it out over 30 plus years, you know, they've taken your 50000 along with a bunch of other people's and they've made a ton of money on that. They're only giving you essentially a small interest payment over time, which they have made in abundance before. So it is. And, yeah. and they have, you know, if you listen to Tom Hagner, there's mortality credits. There's a risk pool. Generally, women do better with annuities on the on the longevity side than men. Men die younger, more suddenly, heart attack, stroke. Women live longer. So, you know, we had a client named Mavis who she outlived her money. She she got her, her paycheck 20 years after her money was depleted. So Anthony's uh, Sandy's question, these companies, they they know what percentages of people are going to get way more than what they put in. And usually it's women. So I'm yeah. super glad that your your mom did take her partial and put it into an insurance company. I think that's genius. Yeah, Ed, agreed. So I know we're we're running out of time here. Um, but this is something we referenced before. There's a great documentary. It's kind of a pseudo movie um, called The Baby Boomer Dilemma that covers a lot of this for private pensions, uh, for these public pensions that are broke. A lot of experts in it, a lot of great details. We bought a ton of these passes to give away to people and um, not everybody has taken them. So we still probably have 20 or 30 passes of this. If you reach out to us at team at anothermoneyshow.com, you get on the website, anothermoneyshow.com, you use their little contact button on there. We will give you the promo card, promo code, so you can watch this movie and kind of get, again, you know, I say this all the time, Anthony and JR, who are they? Why do I care? So let us give you some other resources and references to kind of say all of the things that we're saying and give you more avenues to uh, research what we're trying to tell you. So reach out to us, team at anothermoneyshow.com. Give us a call, 623 623- Five two three zero four four four. That movie again is the baby boomer dilemma. It's really good. So it does seem like that is it for our show today. We've we've run out of time. But if you like what you heard, you have any questions about any of the topics today, or want to sit down with us to review your personal situation, again you can reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web anothermoneyshow.com. You can schedule an appointment right from the website. Um, please check out anothermoneyshow.com or please check out Another Money Show wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. YouTube as well. Doug's posting a lot of great clips. You can check us out there. Again, there are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. So until then, we'll see you next Saturday right here at noon on 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer.